Welcome to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. Today, Amanda, is our holiday special, The Best Books to Gift Your Loved Ones. Mm-hmm. So today we have picked some categories, potential people that you might be buying gifts for. And Amanda and I have come up with some hand-picked book recommendations for mm-hmm. each of these different types of people so that you can buy your loved ones the best possible gift this holiday season or after the holidays. Just a gift because you like somebody. Yeah, why do we have to have these sort of reasons? If I was at the bookstore and I saw a book I think that you would like, I'd just buy it for you, Amanda. Quit it. I would. Now I feel like I have to say the same thing. Do you have a book that is your most gifted book? Like the one? Yes. Which one? Two books. Um, I usually will give people... Like if I don't know your reading style very much, but something that I go to all the time that I feel like everybody should read is I Love to Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Mm -hmm. So I used to give that one a lot. And then um, Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. That was one of mine too. That's what I was sort of wondering. Yes. Leaves of Grass. It is just so beautiful. It is beautiful. My other one was Letters to a Young Poet by Rilke. I would just. So funny. You would get along with my friend Stephanie. I was always passing out that Letters to a Young Poet. I don't own a copy. Well, yeah, if anyone is looking to buy us a a book for this holiday season you know what to get because I gave it away so much did you want to go first Olivia and start with one of the uh, categories I gave you yes so you gave me a sample request and it is my friend love lessons in chemistry so did we and is super excited for the streaming show can you recommend any other books that feature strong and independent women nonfiction or fiction are okay Yes. So the first book I picked was Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. These, this is a story about, it's one of those books that's written in parallel stories. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the stories is historical fiction. It's about a woman named Marianne Graves. She has sort of this wildlife. She drops out of school when she's 14. Oh. And then she pursues her passion for piloting airplanes. Very Amelia Earhart kind of mm-hmm. figure. And you follow her journey as her flights become more complex and epic. And this is like in the 30s and 40s, Mm -hmm. 1930s and 40s. And then the other story is about Hadley Baxter, who's a famous uh, actress. And she is playing Marion in a film. So she is dealing with this sort of like celebrity lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And as she is learning more and more about the role, she's getting more and more entrenched in Marion's life so it's about this wild pilot lady and then this nowadays woman who's playing her in the movie and then the other book I picked is completely different um this is nonfiction. it's called places I've taken my body by Molly McCulley Brown these are 17 essays uh, about her and her life she was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair to get around um often throughout this the story uh, she does write about her experience. She writes a lot about her body and mm-hmm. um, what it's like to have this illness. But she also writes about just other aspects of her life. She writes about dating, traveling, uh, her religious life, how she grew up religious, and then what she thinks about it now, um, her role as a teacher. And she's really, really smart and very, very insightful. It's one of the more beautifully written books I've read. I think it's really, really a really smart book. And I learned a lot about cerebral palsy and I learned a lot about what it's like to kind of move through the world with a disability. Wow. Those are both really great recommendations, Olivia. I have too many answers for my questions today. I'm just going to say it right up front. The first question, I'm sorry, the first request I was tasked with was 
Uh, recommendations for a nine-year-old who is intimidated by chapter books, but who also likes to read with his family. So I came up with some different options. I came up with some books that are fun to read with your family, and then some books that this kiddo could try and read alone that hopefully would be a good jumping point into more chapter books, but without having them feel uh, completely overwhelmed. So the first one, some great read-alouds. Um, do you remember the um, great illustrated classics? Oh, yeah. Okay. I still own my Oliver Twist from 1990, yeah. okay? Uh -huh. That's how much I think of the great illustrated classics. So basically what they are is they're abridged versions of classic books. So you have lots of really fun classic stories that would be fantastic to do as a read aloud with your family. They have Around the World in 80 Days, Aesop's Fables, Anne of Green Gables, Black Beauty, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, any classic, they've pretty much covered it. So if you have a kid with just kids with very diverse um, interests that want to try and start reading classics, this would be a great way to do it. They're really fun read-alouds. They're very, very digestible. And as our kids transition out of younger chapter books into older, it's nice that these books still have pictures every so often. I remember when I was a kid and I was reading Oliver Twist, a great illustrated classic version, that when I, it would get to the slow pacing part of the book, I would just tell myself, just read until you get to the next page with the picture, and then you can stop there. Mm. I think it's like every five or ten pages. Um, so that would be a fun um, read a, read aloud with your family that would hopefully get our, our nine-year-old that's kind of a reluctant reader a little bit more interested. So the two books for them to try and read alone that I think would be very engaging and maybe get them more into chapter books. The first is a series. It's called The Kids at the End of the World. And basically the Kids at the End of the World series starts with a story about these group of kids who wind up banding together after a monster apocalypse. So I just thought that's really fun. It's awesome. very engaging. Who doesn't mm -hmm. like the idea of monsters? I think with the way the world is nowadays, it doesn't surprise me when I talk with like my niece and nephew who are um, 11 and nine and a half, when they talk about things like we joke about the apocalypse and it's like, you know, what would you do if? Yeah, so yeah. I think kids are already thinking about what they would do if something changed in the world because they do think about climate change and things of that nature more than I think I did. Mm. Um, so it's kind of fun for them to hear the story about how the kids band together, try and survive. They still feature pictures, which again would help our reluctant readers um, move along. But this is a great series. I would say it's a, I would say it's a middle grade, but you can even start in third grade. Um, so third through sixth graders. This series is very popular at Troy. And then I always tell people, try nonfiction if your kids are reluctant readers. Ask them what they are interested in. Try and get some books on that. Something I personally liked when I was a kid was Greek mythology. Uh, there's a new book called The Ultimate Greek Mythology, Adventurous Stories, Fun Facts, Amazing History, and Beyond by L.J. Trichosis. That would be uh, beautiful pictures. I think it would be very fascinating for our reluctant readers. And the thing I always tell parents with nonfiction, they don't have to read the whole book. Hopefully there's just enough in there to engage them and make them ask more questions and hopefully take them to the next book. So the last thing I want to mention is a great way to keep reluctant readers engaged because they read in shorter snippets. I can't recommend magazines enough. Mm. Kids don't get snail mail like we did when we yeah. were kids. Um, I gave my brother's kids each, there's three of them, I gave them each a subscription to a magazine for Christmas a few years ago. They loved it. Every yes. month they got to look forward to getting something in the mail for themselves. 
they like the the pictures, the glossy pictures. They love the stories. Um, they like the little games that they include in kids' magazines. So the ones that I love the most, Ranger Rick, if your kiddo is really into animals, Muse, which is a science magazine, National Geographic Kids, which we all know what National Geographic does, and then Sports Illustrated. There's tons of kids' magazines. Those were the ones that came to mind. Um, and I really feel like it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. If a kid reads their book and they're done and maybe they want more, magazines are great because subscriptions are still relatively inexpensive. I think you can get a year for $25 a lot of time. And that's 12 months usually or six months. So I'm doing that. For, that's genius. I remember when I was a kid, my mom got me a subscription to Girls Life magazine. Did yeah. you ever read that? I, I never read it, but I remember seeing it. Loved it. It was the best gift. Because yeah. like you say, it came in the mail, it had my name on it. It was mm -hmm. me, it made me feel very grown up to get mm -hmm. like my own magazine subscription. I'm doing that for my nieces. Yeah, my nieces sixth grade now. So I think when we gave them these, we still lived in Illinois. So she was probably eight maybe. Mm -hmm. And she's wanted to be a vet for several years. So Ranger Rick was perfect, perfect because it's all just animal stuff. And it was just great. So magazines, books, nonfiction, do it all. It's going to be great. You're going to get this kiddo to love, um, reading just the sheer fact that you want to try and engage them um, because they're not a strong reader shows that you care and yep. whatever effort you put forth is going to be fantastic great so, nice great job ideas. adult yeah yeah nice job all right so the next category you gave me is I'm trying to find books for my nephew who's 16 he loves Jason Reynolds books but he has read them all I recommended a couple of books to him but he hated my recommendations kids am I right help which I feel I feel as someone who was a teen librarian for many years. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes teens can be tough to please. Um, Jason Reynolds' books, is, if you don't know, he writes books about um, sort of modern day kids mm -hmm. navigating slice of life sort of situations. Um, he usually writes about young black teenagers who are sort of navigating social structures and different things that we know happen um, today in the news. He also writes the Miles Morales comics the mm -hmm. spider-man Spider he's in the spider-verse yeah yeah <laughs> spider-man type comics um so he he writes a lot of of different books so i would understand why a 16 year old would really like his books the sort of straight down the middle recommendation i have is the crossover by kwame alexander um this is a book about josh and jordan bell they are brothers who play basketball um so this is great for kids who like sports the main character uh josh he Loves basketball, but he sees himself as more than just a basketball player. He also writes, um, particularly he writes poems. The, the book is pretty short and accessible, so it might be good if the nephew is sort of a re reluctant reader and mm -hmm. might be intimidated by a huge book and like, oh, I don't have time for that. This is something he might be able to fly through and, and get into. There's a lot of books right now for teens that are in verse, and I mm -hmm. think that's something that's really popular for kids because you can read it pretty quickly. Um, but the poems are impactful. They oh, are they meaningful. pack a punch. Yeah. 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 They, and you know, that sort of emotional journey that's really appealing to teens is present in those kind of books. The poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo is another one that I thought of. Mm, that's a great book. That's in verse. Um, and then the Angie Thomas books too, have a lot of the same themes I think this these are a little bit more higher reading level than the Kwame Alexander book. Um, she's the one that wrote The Hate You Give, 
And I found with teenagers that if they have heard of a book before or if it's been turned into a movie or if their mm-hmm. friends are reading it, it's a lot easier to the get them to them try it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that she wrote the hate you give, um, she wrote, uh, and she wrote a couple of books after that too, that were really well reviewed. A lot of the same themes she writes about black teenagers sort of navigating social situations. And so I would recommend all of that. Nice job, Olivia. Okay. So next request is sixth grader who likes babysitters club and wants to get into another realistic fiction series about girl friendships. So um, a lot of parents are familiar with Kate DiCamillo. I think people know her best for things like Because of Winn-Dixie, which they turned into a movie, um, or Tales of Despero, which again, they turned into a movie, but all of her books are fantastic. All of her chapter books. Um, You can tell when you read her books that she really understands kids. Um, and really likes them. So she has this fantastic series that came out, I want to say 10 or 15 years ago. Now, um, the first book in the series is called Ramey Nightingale. And Ramey Nightingale is a story about a girl who enters a pageant after her dad leaves their family. And her hope is that if she wins and appears in the newspaper, her dad will come home. And that's such a kid thing, right? Where you think you can do something that feels momentous to you and really change the course of your life in some other way. And I think every kid's gone through that experience. Um, And in doing this pageant, she becomes friends with these two other pageant contestants, Louisiana and Beverly. Her books are so full of emotions that Mm -hmm. coming-of-age kids feel. This is the perfect coming-of-age story. Um, It's a middle grade, so we recommend it fourth to sixth. But I read this in my 30s, and I love this book. Katie, I'm sorry, Katie Camillo, her books like rip your heart open and just stuff them full of so much love and staple it back together by the end of the book. It's just beautiful. And the good thing about that book is it was turned into a trilogy. There is a book where each of the three girls features as the main character. So the first one is Raimi, the second one is Louisiana, and the third one's Beverly. And, um, if you don't trust my recommendation and awards matter to you, the second one, I think it was the second one, Louise, the book about Louisiana actually was a National Book Award mm. finalist the year it came out. So very touching. And if you're an Ann Patchett fan, Ann Patchett has an essay in one of her books. I want to say it was her most recent book of essays, and I can't think of the title, where she talks about... Um, oh, These Precious Days? Yes. Yeah, I she has an essay that. where she talks about going through and reading all of Katie Camillo's books. Yes. Um, and they happened to have met each other because I think they have the same publisher or something, and um, or they write under the same imprint. And so if my recommendation's not enough, if you like Ann Patchett and you're as an adult, she went and read all of her books, and she was not disappointed. So I even recommend Katie Camillo for your grown-ups out there. Definitely. Okay. My second recommendation. uh, First is the Friends series by Shannon Hale. There are currently three books. It's about middle school, the problems that the girl has with her friends and like friend drama. Um, Same with the series Click, the Click series by Mm. Kayla Miller. There's five books. I just finished the fifth book yesterday and I just found out she's the sixth one in the series coming out in January. I'm so excited. They are fantastic. I wish these books were around when I was in middle school. They gracefully navigate female friendships, school, friend dramas, familial relationships, and family drama, and just life situations that you run up against when you're in middle school. Nice. So good. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Great picks. Uh, so my next one is, my neighbor recently had surgery and is bed bound for a couple of weeks at least. Can you recommend anything that is exciting and might make him lose himself? He said he's not a picky reader. Hope that helps. So the book I picked, the first one I picked is actually nonfiction. 
Um, An Immense World, How Animal Senses Reveal the Hidden Realms Around Us by Ed Young. Have mm. you heard of that? Oh, I think no. you'd like it, Amanda. It's about- Is that the same Ed Young, not to interrupt you, that writes children's books too? Mm, I don't think you so. You don't need to look. I can look later. He's a, like a science writer. Oh, so he wrote no. about um, uh, We Contain Multitudes, which is about, I think, like microbiomes, like our guts and mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know for sure. I shouldn't okay. say that. He's a science writer. Uh, and he, this but this book is about uh, the animal world and animals' sensory experience. So I found it really immersive and amazing. It was like mm-hmm. watching one of those great animal documentary David Attenborough films, which I love to do when yes. I'm homesick. You just get so sucked into it and you feel like a genius. Like, oh, I have all mm-hmm. these new factoids to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. So animals have all of these senses that we don't have. And so he tries to sort of ex- explain what the experience of these different animals is like the ones that can see things Mm -hmm. that we can't see um like how some turtles and birds can track magnetic fields of the earth that's how they know how to migrate or how to get to the ocean or whatever like wild that would explain the birds like how do they know besides like i always just thought it was like the cold like they feel like oh it's getting chillier we should go down to florida yeah stuff that we probably have always just thought of as instinct like Mm -hmm. oh uh, is actually enhanced sensory experience that these animals that sounds have. really interesting yes and it is a brick of a book and it has beautiful pictures photographs in it too of all these different animals um so i thought that was really cool so that is an immense world by ed young and then um i picked a thriller too because i feel like you should have that too if you want to lose yourself when you're homesick None of This Is True by Lisa Jewell. Alex and Josie are two women. They sort of encounter each other. They just happen to have the same birthday, and they're both out celebrating their 45th birthday separately at the same restaurant. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, it's your birthday. It's my birthday, too. And then Alex has a podcast, so it's a really cool book to listen to because there's, like, podcasts moments, and it's, like, produced like a podcast throughout the audiobook. It is fun. You can get it on Hoopla. Um, so Alex has a podcast and Josie just happens to find it and listen to it. And then she comes and finds Alex and is like, Hey, Oh my God, look, it's you again. I listened to your podcast. I think I'd be a really good guest. And one thing leads to another. Alex has Josie on her podcast. She's a little weirded out about it, but she's like, okay, yeah, sure. She's open to it. Nope. She gets to know more and more about Josie's life, and dark secrets are uncovered. Ooh! Yeah, no. Hard pass. Hard pass. (laughs) No. No. How do they not know when they're in a thriller? Like, I know. Okay, anyways. I know. That's part of the trick of the thriller writer, is to convince you that these are, like, things this character would do. That's a good, yes. Yes. That's a good word. I'm glad that came to my head. Uh It's just... Yeah, making yeah. it plausible. This all sounds creepy and possible. Yeah, yeah. And it's I love an audiobook when I'm homesick too because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm just, just the act of reading can feel exhausting. But if I can just lay down and close my eyes and listen to something, and mm-hmm. perfect. So that's my very last recommendation. Nice work, you. These are all great recommendations. Okay, my last one, a little bit shorter. Um, so a neighbor's 10-year-old son who loves karate, and that's about the only thing we know about him. So <laughs> Enigmatic little guy. Yeah, I love, I love a challenge and a mystery. So the first <laughs> one, um, it was a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you where my thought process went. This is when I needed some coffee in the afternoon. I was starting to stretch mm-hmm. a little bit. So I 
Google the word karate. Uh-huh. Because first off, I don't even know what the word karate means. Like, I know what karate is, but I'm like, what does the word karate actually mean? Because we use so many words from other cultures. Totally. I like to know what words mean. So karate actually means empty hands. So empty hand. So I was thinking about this. And as I'm thinking about the idea of empty hands, and also just the fact that when you do martial arts, there's a certain level of discipline and inner strength and there's a level of calm when you do any kind of martial arts or meditations right like yoga you're in you find like those like zen moments yes. of like i'm peaceful i'm i'm centered whatever whatever like i say it all toss off whatever i mean that in a good way like whatever those things are yes. whatever those practices bring so i'm kind of thinking about being checked out this is like the connection here being checked out and the thing that came to mind was the novel unplugged by gordon corman and i I don't know if you're familiar gordon corman is super popular in troy the kids love his books i've read a couple and they are very good he's a very engaging writer he sucks you in with his story and sometimes there's these moments where i'm like where is he going with this and then he does a nice job tying up those ends in a way that feels genuine later So Gordon Corman's books get recommended a lot by teachers here too in Troy. So Unplugged by Gorman Corman, excuse me, is the story about Jet and he is the absolute worst spoiled brat. He comes from a very wealthy family and he has everything he wants. He's just awful. Well, he gets dropped into the middle of Arkansas and this reminded me very much of when we were talking about... um, memoir by um, Paris Hilton, where she's dropped into one of those areas. It kind of reminded me of that. So he's dropped out in the desert, I'm sorry, um, in the woods of Arkansas. He has to hand over his cell phone and he has to live what they call an unplugged life, hence the title of the book. So um, he meets all these challenges aside from not having access to technology. He has to now navigate all these kids who have all come from different socioeconomic backgrounds. This is kind of a little bit of holes to it. Yeah, I can Um, see that too, yeah. Anyway, um, they kind of all learn how to live, play, navigate life together, and it unfolds into this really fun, fantastic story. So like I said, my connection was the idea of being unplugged, whether it's through martial arts or by having your devices taken away and kind of making you figure out life. And of course, there's a little story they start to figure out, much like Holes, that there's something going on, something not right about the grown-ups in this book. But okay. I will leave that because I want folks to read it and um, figure out what that little mystery is. A lot of his books are series. So Great if you like pick. it and you're engaged by it, Double Check probably has some, some other books in the series. So um, Gordon Corman's Unplugged. Then my second one, because I like to give a fiction and a nonfiction, is if you have kids, I'm sure, kids of school age, I'm sure you've come across the, they're called, they came out, when they first came out, they were the Who Was, the Who Was series. Okay. So like, who were the Beatles? Who was Elvis? Who was Einstein? And yeah. they all have a very, the very same look they have on the cover. The people always have really tiny bodies and these sort of caricature heads, caricature yeah. heads, like yeah. you're at uh, Coney Island and they're drawing you on yeah. that sketch thing and making you look ridiculous. Um, so the Who Was series, it has expanded. So there was Who Is and Who Was. Um, and now who are, there's also Where Is. So like, where is Paris? Where oh, is nice. the Eiffel Tower? Okay. Um what is the story of? So I read recently, what is the story of Nancy Drew? So it's when kids hear about different events. And they're curious. Characters, whatever. Yeah. And then there's also another series called the What Do We Know About? So what do we know about space? What do we know about whatever? So there is a Who Was Bruce Lee 
And we all know, um, at least if you're a grown up, you probably know, Bruce Lee was a Chinese American martial arts instructor and actor, among many other things. His movies helped give attention to martial arts and helped to change the way Asians were portrayed in films in Hollywood. So um, I thought that would be a really fun connection to karate. Um, which is obviously a, a form of martial arts, to then have your kiddo read about Bruce Lee. Very interesting book. That's a great one. Yeah. I'm it's really glad you brought fun. up that series in general, too, because oh, I find that so like, many. when I don't know what to get a niece or nephew or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, they like gymnastics. I'll get a who was, mm-hmm. I don't know, any of the gymnastics lady name. Short, concise, engaging. Um, I remember my one nephew was not a big reader when he was the age that – he could be reading these, and um, his teacher recommended those, and he and my niece both really enjoyed them, and they actually used to recommend the ones that they read to me. So, nice. um, yeah, so these are great, fun, yeah. engaging. Learn about Bruce Lee. Okay, yeah, Olivia, get great... out there and learn about Bruce Lee. I'm going to. Please do. Have you ever seen a Bruce Lee movie? No. I have not. I'll be honest. I don't think I have. I mean, I was just honest about John Wick. Martial art movies are not my thing. But yeah, you're not into the fighting in the woods. Nah, it stresses me out. I'd rather watch maybe like a Jane Austen movie or Willy Wonka, whatever. <laughs> Something different. <laughs> not a big int- fan. I'm not intentionally choosing movies that came from books. <laughs> oh. Just came out. Okay, I was wondering, I was trying to think about the connection between those two movies, and now I see you've done it for me. I watched a lot of the Marvel movies this weekend. That's another good one I love. Captain America. Delicious. Life crush. Just a huge life crush. Makes me a patriot. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy reading. Happy snow days. Happy gifting and giving. We hope you have a lovely holiday season with all of your family. Thank you for listening to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. You can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org slash podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion, please email us at podcast at troypl.org. Thank you for listening and happy reading.